Welcome to The Brand Collective, a podcast about our favorite brands, featuring stories from the marketers and creatives behind them. I'm your host, Nick Ross. And I'm your co-host, Beth Bradley. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Brand Collective Podcast. Today, we have Ayushi Rana, the photographer and content creator of The Ordinary. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Beth. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we are very excited. Your story has such a unique origin. Uh, I would love for you to share how your journey started in taking this leap of faith at a very young age. I feel like I could talk for hours when it comes to what inspired me to become a photographer, but I'll try to give you like a little cliff note summary, if you will. At a very young age, like as a child, like I was always a very creative kid. I used to draw, I used to paint, I used to sing, dance, write songs. Uh, we like me and my friends, we would like make movies. I would write scripts, all of these things. None of it. I don't want to say none of it, but a lot of it wasn't very good, which is totally fine. I just really enjoyed experimenting closer to my teenage years. I discovered writing. I was so enthralled by it. I was so in love with it. And I, I wanted to tell stories and it was such a powerful, heady experience of being able to create whatever I wanted with words. And I really enjoyed that. So storytelling to me was kind of what drew me towards photography. From writing, I started kind of moving into photo because I finally got like a phone that had a decent camera and I would just walk around my neighborhood and take photos of like random things and random objects. Sometimes like even after the rain, just like droplets on a leaf and stuff like that. And I just discovered that I could still continue storytelling, but in a way that's like super open to interpretation. Anyone can take that photo and create a million words. Like the saying about a photo is worth a million words is very true. And I was like, just blown away by that. And then when I got my first DSLR on my, I believe it was my 13th birthday, I started taking, like getting more involved in school and like would be part of the like events committee. And I would take photos of all the activities and all my friends. And one, it made me a more social person. So I, I got to make more friends and I really enjoyed that aspect. But then I also learned that I could tell other people's stories um, I would get to know the person who is on the other side of the camera and we would talk. And every time I would post that, I would post a little bit about them as well. So the world could see who they were. I don't know. I just enjoyed that. It felt, I want to say powerful in a way to kind of put other people's visions, ideas, and like a part of them into the world. And with great power comes great responsibility, of course. And I did not <laughs> want to use that power in any way. So I kind of really wanted to do it right. And I decided that I wanted to really pursue photography and learn more about it. And it was, I don't want to say a spontaneous decision, but I, I always knew that I wanted to move to the West, but it was more of a spontaneous de decision to move and pursue photography and like continue education in photography. So I applied to like a few colleges uh, in Canada and the first one that responded and like accepted me, I was like, sure, sold. I'll go there. And it was, it was just one of those things. I just, I accepted the offer. And um, as soon as, you know, the, the nearest program was available, I just picked that one and took a flight and I left. Um, this was all when I was just 18. Um, and I did everything by myself, which was like looking back kind of crazy. But now that I think about it, it's, I'm so glad that I did it. So worth it. I, I went to school at Fanshawe College and I did the 
uh, photography program and then the advanced photography program. So I spent three years at Fanshawe College in London, Ontario. Every time I say I'm studying in London, people always think I'm studying in London, <laughs> England. And, but no, then I have to be like, no, no, just London, Ontario. It's still great. Um, I think that's one thing as a creative, I'm I'm genuinely happy that I did because fueling your work, not only with passion, but also the science and like the education, the training behind it, all of that can be such a good combination to know what you're doing, but also really love what you're doing. That's something that, yeah, I think a lot of creatives like slowly gain uh, through the years, but I feel like I really, I really picked that up in those three years that I spent at school. Yeah. It's a wonderful opportunity to really just hone in and and direct your focus with a lot of sage guidance, you know, with a lot of people that have obviously done it for a long time and, and are there to help. Uh, I love what you say about starting, taking pictures of your friends and the events that you cared about and showcasing things that meant a lot to you, but maybe showcasing them publicly um, from your vantage. Like this is something that's special to me because it's, I think so much of social media is dominated by uh, that. I remember a photographer once I watched some lecture by a photographer. I forget who it was. That's, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> but he talked about the the phenomenal shift in turning the camera around uh, that happened mm. and how photography used to be all about what you're experiencing, what you're mm -hmm. connected to, who you're seeing. And now so much of it is about you and it's it's turning the camera on yourself, which he, I think he was lamenting that shift in, in, <laughs> in, in photography. But it's cool. And then to see that lead you to university. And you grew up in India? Yes, yes. I grew up in Bangalore, India. It's in the south. And making that move all the way to Canada. So I'm sure the, the weather change affected you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually moved in December and I knew that it was going to be cold. Um, I just wasn't expecting it to be this cold. And all the <laughs> Uh, jackets that I got from India, they did nothing. They were, <laughs> you know, they were not down or anything that, you know, the materials that you guys use here. So they did nothing. I had to, the first thing I did was like buy a winter jacket. That was my yeah. first investment. And then your first job was taking passport photos, correct? Yes. How yes. did that so, line up and how did that uh, inform your future career choices? After I graduated school, I did a lot of freelancing in school where I picked up um, experience in photography and other other roles. And I wanted to move to Toronto from London and just kind of fall into a full-time role, mostly because I needed to do that for my immigration. I, I didn't want to continue freelancing. So I applied to a bunch of uh, different photography positions. And again, it was one of those things where I just, I accepted the first one that came about. And it was the passport photo it was like a little um, print shot that did passport photos and novelty, like gifts and stuff. So you could print your face on a mug. You could print your face on a T-shirt. You could do <laughs> keychains and like all of these other things. And uh, I was just, you know, I was doing passport photos and I was doing customer service. And it was one of those things that I just genuinely enjoyed for the time that I was there because not again, I got to just meet so many different types of people and pick up different skills when it comes to printing. Um, things that I just did not learn in school. I think one of the things that truly fuel me is what can I learn from something? So this was, I could have easily gone into something that was strictly just 
product photography, commercial photography, fashion photography. Um, but I just love the idea of doing something that I don't think I could have done in those roles. And I wanted to start off with something like that. So one of the things that I still kind of work with is never say no, because our our boss um, at the print shop, they always accepted like the weirdest request. Like if you want something printed <laughs> on, like let's say a photo frame, like the edges of it will make it happen. You want something printed on like, I don't know, squeezy stress ball will make it happen. Nice. So yeah, we we never said no. And we try to like try to figure out things after we said yes, after we've accepted it. And sometimes that can be really stressful, but other times it's just another opportunity to learn. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like I, I still practice that as much as I can. Well, That's we're... really cool. Yeah, just as like a place to start creatively, if you start from like a place of yes, and then like kind of where that takes you with like solving problems. I love that. That's cool. Transitioning into your role now at The Ordinary, uh, you mentioned when we spoke earlier that you you feel like you manifested this role. Can you talk about that and how that came to be? So I discovered the brand Ordinary. Like I'm, I'm a huge skincare junkie. I, I love to take care of my skin. I'm all about that self-care, you know, fan <laughs> I've been on it since day one. Um, nice. And... I discovered uh, The Ordinary when I walked into their distillery store back in like, I want to say 2016 or so, um, or maybe 17. Yeah. And I remember the sales associate was just so kind and so like informative. They were giving me all the information to all the answers that I was asking and not rushing by any means. And and I have a lot of questions. When I want to learn something, I will I will ask everything that's under the sun. So they were so <laughs> patient with me, which I was so thankful for. Um, and in the end, they actually said, you don't have to buy this right now. You don't have to commit. Just do your own research. Think about it yourself and then come back. We'll be here. And I'm like, oh, I've never had someone say that to me. And then, of course, I go home and I did more research. I learned more about the brand. And I just loved everything that the brand like kind of follows and their ethos and their philosophy. And I was like, I want to work here. I, I just, I absolutely want to work here. And not only did I go back to buy what I wanted to buy from the store, but I actually hopped onto LinkedIn when I found out they're a Toronto-based company. And I was also in Toronto. So I was like, amazing, worked yeah. out. Um, I hopped onto LinkedIn and I started searching photographer ordinary and just like nice. <laughs> pops up and I actually um you know like I guess cold call the person who was currently working there nice. and messaged them on LinkedIn being like hey I would really love to learn more about your career journey can we set up some time to talk and uh this person who is now my coworker, uh he was very uh, you know like very friendly and very like happy to help and he got on a call. We spoke for like 20 minutes and I spoke to him about how he got to the company, what he likes about the company. And the conversation just went so well. I just knew from that moment that this would be a good fit. So, yeah, I was like, well, please think of me if if anything opens up. And he did literally two weeks later. So, wow. yeah. And uh, I got a referral from him and then my interview process started. And again, I my first interview was with the recruiter uh, from HR. And again, just everything that was coming forward was that everyone at this company was just so kind, so happy, so genuine. And I, I just love 
the positivity that flowed. Like I was smiling throughout the entire interview. So yeah, I, I just I just knew that this was the job for me. And between then and my next interview, I had some time. So I thought, what can I do to absolutely seal the deal? Like I want to work here and I need them to know that I want to work here. So I kind of went back to the store. I bought a bunch of things. I did a personalized photo shoot for oh, the wow. ordinary um, in my own time. And I kind of sent that package away to the recruiter and the creative team saying, these are some of the things that I would do um, uh, if I ever got the chance to work with the company. Um, and then I took it another notch, uh, like another step forward and I wanted to manifest and I was reading up about like how to manifest things for yourself. And one of the rules of manifestation is like confidence. You have to carry the confidence in order to get what you want. And it's very much dressing for the role you want versus where you're at. Mm -hmm. And I actually wrote a, an email, which like in a, I sat down one night and on a piece of paper, I wrote an email as a photographer for the ordinary like what oh, would wow. I say a year from now if I got hired or when I got hired a year from now what would I say for you know so-and-so project like who would I be interacting with so just like a detailed email about me in that current role um and yes it it just it just <laughs> fell into place it worked and out here we are <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's funny because um one of my coworker actually says I I said one of the most um I guess ballsy thing he's ever heard yeah in interview I said um this was in my second interview I said oh if if this doesn't work out right now no worries I know I will work for the ordinary at some point <laughs> Wow. Um, I love it. I love the yeah, the, yeah. the confidence. Again, it's yeah. Just, exactly. It's that confidence mm -hmm. that comes with manifestation, right? So yeah, they they love that too. After the interview, I, I remember just cringing so hard. I was like, why would I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They yeah. It. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes just you know, trust your cringe moments. Maybe they'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I think that, Word that's to such the wise. a great story. <laughs> That's just such a great story, that connection you felt to the brand and then kind of like, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, too. I feel like sometimes when you feel that strong of a connection to something like follow that thread, you know, whether that's like creatively or to a, with a job or whatever it is, it's like that can take you really interesting places if if you feel that and you you trust it. So, yeah, that's really amazing. I love that story. Do you mind just uh, for our audience to sort of talk about what The Ordinary is and their mission and what attracted you to The Ordinary in the first place? Yeah, that connection. So when I was researching about skincare, I, I saw what's out in the market. And there are so many brands that do amazing stuff. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed a lot is like the marketing. It's It's very like, ooh, magic cream, wrinkle removing, um, anti-aging, all of these buzzwords that are so uh, like, it, it promise you some, promises something to you. Whereas ordinary is so humble in the sense where it's just the science behind skincare. It's just the clinical approach of skincare. It's niacinamide or hyaluronic. These are the benefits of those key ingredients. And this is a bottle of it. So it's a very quiet yet powerful stance that the ordinary has where we just trust the science behind everything. We don't necessarily need the marketing. Mm -hmm. um, the product is what the product is and it can do 
what it can do for you because of science, not because of marketing. And all the ingredients are like completely backed by so much research. I've met the in-house um, scientific team and they're they're incredible. They're so smart and they're always like, I, I wish I could do what they do, but I, I don't have the brain power, but <laughs> they're, they're so incredible and they put so much work in like the creation of a product. It can take months to years. So they are really thoughtful about everything that they create, not only for your skin, but for the environment, for, um, you know, for like what's happening in the world, what's affecting in the world. So I just feel like it's just a good brand run by good people. And it's all relatively yeah. affordable, right? Yes. Yes. It's supposed to be accessible for all because skincare is everyone has skin. Like if you think about it, so everyone should be able to have skincare. So it, it is democratizing like what the skincare industry sometimes doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, just like marketing wise. So interesting. <laughs> like just the kind of taking the opposite approach of like, we'll promise you, you know, we'll make you 50 years younger and, you know, some, some miraculous results versus just like having the product speak for itself and people actually understanding what's in it and what, you know, why it would do what it does is just, yeah, that's a really like interesting voice among all the noise that you, that you encounter in the beauty and, and skincare industry. So yeah, that's interesting. And it sounds like that translated directly to you when you went into the store too. It was like, they don't, you know, that comes all the way through to the experience somebody would have too as a customer. So Absolutely. super interesting. It's all about education, which yeah. again, if we if we go back to the theme of I love to learn. So yeah. it's just something that I was drawn from from the start. Yeah. Very cool. So I know um you're big, you're on a big creative team in-house at, at the ordinary, and there's copywriters, producers, videographers. Um, what's your favorite part of getting to work uh, in-house with so many highly talented folks? Oh, I, I love our team. So again, like just they're all such good people. Like I nice. feel like everyone at the company is always just the most welcoming, patient and kind person. And I think there is some sort of like decium DNA that, you know, does that. So one, the biggest perk is that I get to work with some incredible people. And then oh, second, they, they also happen to be so talented. So um, no matter how I want to elevate a visual of mine or like project of mine, mm -hmm. I am just like one desk away from going over and being able to ask, hey, can you help me out with this? Everyone's so open to that. We are extremely collaborative and there's again, that opportunity to constantly learn. Like I could set a touch base with one of the motion designers on our team and just be like, Hey, I want to, I want to add motion to this still. Can you help me with it? Can you show me how you would do it? So I can do mm -hmm. it for the next time. And there's just such a huge learning culture that I just absolutely adore. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest perks of having such a huge team because we are always able to rely on each other, but we're also able to constantly learn from each other. Nice. Yeah, I always feel that too, like what you can do together is so much more powerful that like, you yeah. know, the sum is greater or the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts kind of thing. So um, yeah, so take us through um, what's the creative process there if you're launching a new campaign, kind of yeah. like starting at the ideation phase, what does that look like? Yeah, so every every project kind of starts off with a brief, like for example, mm -hmm. if we're starting a campaign, we would be talking about a new product that we're launching. So we would mm -hmm. discuss what does the product do? What are like, again, those ingredients behind it? What do those ingredients help in, in skincare? 
Um, so kind of having that starting point of what we want to communicate uh, to the world. And then that's that's like where the brief begins. And then the creative team, like we kind of get together in one room and we just throw ideas at the wall. Like it can be as crazy and bizarre as you want it to be. And we just we just wait for something to stick. Like we've yeah, we've we've thought about like exploding bottles and like yeah. <laughs> um, we've thought about setting things on fire. Like there's loads nice. of things that we, we've wanted to do which may not have ended up being what we chose, but mm-hmm. we would always come with some really bizarre ideas. And um anyone is welcome to share this idea. So that's oh. that's one of the biggest perks. Like I thought as a photographer, maybe all I do is press a button and like make, you know, images appear. But no, I get to be an actual part of like the ideation and every team member's voice is valued. Um so yeah, once we all like just figure out what we're trying to say, our copywriter actually comes up with a narrative pitch. And from there it just kind of evolves. We we pitch back, we get approvals, all of that stuff. And yeah, then we just kind of go crazy and start making these assets. There's there's always those lines of approvals, but every step of the way, we're just, again, trying to stick to that original idea of like whatever we want to say about mm-hmm. this product or this campaign. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, even just from your passport photo days, that place of starting from yes, kind of like, what if we, what if we blew something <laughs> up? What if we set it on fire? You know, like just starting from, yeah, like already like not limiting kind of where that can take you. So that's awesome. Um, and kind of thinking about that, where, what are um, some of the places that you typically draw inspiration from and some of the weirdest things that have sparked that creativity for you? Well, going back to the fire thing, mm-hmm. I remember there was a, <laughs> there was this really, it, it's all very safe, everyone's good, but there was this really tiny fire that happened in my trash can when I threw <laughs> into it. Uh-huh. Um, and the smoke and the flames of it kind of inspired me to photograph it. A little fire happened and being mesmerized with it mm-hmm. for a second and then realizing, hey, okay, I actually have to make this stop. Yeah. Yeah. People in <laughs> HR home. are like, oh my God, time. here we go, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was at my home. It was, it was at your house. Oh, I thought it was at the office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> work the home days. <laughs> yeah. No, after, after I like got the fire down. Uh, I was like, okay, this is, that was actually pretty cool. And I took one of like a, a decium like piece of paper and I, and I lit it on fire. And I also changed like the color of the flame and Ooh. all of that in post. Um, that idea did not end up going through because it is a little bit maybe destructive in nature. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what the print stands for. Yeah. But it was, no one told me no when I first pitched it. They were like, you know cool. what, photograph it. And we'll see what 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 happens. So I did photograph that and it turned out beautiful. I still love that image. It's something that I like to have in my portfolio, even though it wasn't ended up being used. Um, And yeah, I still think it's a beautiful photo and it drew inspiration from something really crazy and random. Um, And it just goes to show that it can literally be anything like walking the street. You might see like. Um, you know, piece of metal that has an interesting texture and you're like, what would that look like behind one of the Neot bottles or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, so yeah, I think anything. That's cool. Yeah, it reminds me, I had a painting teacher in college that was like, as an artist or as a creative person, like your job is to be always watching, you know, like always looking. Yeah. So even if a small fire is starting, it's like, wait, there's something, <laughs> you know, something there to notice or to, you know, to, to absorb. And so, yeah, I love that. I feel like yeah, we're going to need a disclaimer. Never shut off. 
Yeah, <laughs> don't say nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely don't set things on fire for inspiration. Right. But it goes to show yeah. that creatives just like we we never we never shut off. Like oh yeah. Yeah. That's Our so true. Constantly kind of churning, constantly looking for beauty in the world. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love, I love that. So we're going to shift gears and go into our rapid fire moment. So this is just sort of top of the mind, just some questions about other brands, things in the, in the, in the brand and marketing ecosystem that you might be aware of. And the first is a big one. Uh, so Ayushi, what right now is your favorite brand outside of Decium and the Ordinary and why? I'm really liking Burberry mm. at the moment. Classy choice. They've been, yes, <laughs> they've been doing some interesting stuff since the rebrand, which happened a few months ago. And I find that they're using a lot of new technology in their in their visual content. They're mm. using a lot more CGI, like motion animation and like different, like I saw this one bag that was like made out of metal almost. Ooh, that's cool. Rings, but it wasn't a real bag that they were selling. It was just a visual, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, I want to buy that bag, but I can't. <laughs> um, but it was still just such a stunning piece of work. And it kind of goes to show they're they're willing to put just artistic moments out there. And it's not just all for marketing and consumption. Oh, yeah. So kind of switching gears a little bit. What do you think? is the most useful metric in marketing? I think just, I wish there was a scale um, that showed true customer happiness. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has this need to like consume so much right now. Like I see so many things on TikTok where people are just like, oh, run, don't walk, grab this. And I am so like, I'm very much influenced by that. I will shame. <laughs> yeah. Because um, if one person recommends it, it's obviously great, even though you're a total stranger. Um, right. right. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know, like, I feel like there's so much waste because of that. Mm. Like I have bought so much stuff that like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I bought because it was an impulse decision, but I wish there was a way for us to measure true like happiness and things that like actually stand the test of time. Like you didn't just use it for the first two days. You actually like it. And it's, it's mm. like one of those things that you're going to repurchase, I guess. Okay. Repurchasing. Oh, like, that's it. That's, that's it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That's a good metric. Mm-hmm. If, if people go back to it and they gravitate after trying it for the first time. So that could be a cool data that I think um, really showcases that mm-hmm. your customer base is like loyal and they actually yeah. like products. It so, made a difference to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about, I love the TikTok videos where people will, show like they're empties like they're like this is the product I actually use to the end you know like that because yeah it's kind of like kind of like you're saying I'll, I'll buy stuff that someone you know recommended and then I'm like yeah you know and then it yeah the waste that comes from that so yeah, meanwhile yeah, that's, I have that's like a great point. 10 unused bath salts tubs in my yeah. <laughs> in my bathroom right, closet right. <laughs> oh yeah. honestly mm-hmm. my my weakness is lipsticks and lip glosses oh like, god yeah so many that mm-hmm. are just sitting there mm-hmm. um for no reason, but apart from the fact that I thought the packaging was pretty or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It has some different little thing about it, you know, that it's supposed to do. And yeah, I'm always like, this is going to be the one, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But you need different lip stuff for different occasions. So I feel like, and yeah. My fail, my uh, fail safe is always that, hey, you know what? I'll photograph it. And Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So anything that <laughs> yeah. I buy that I don't like love, I still photo- I get the chance to photograph it. Oh, so. that's cool. 
That's a good point. I love of view. That. Yeah. <laughs> a kind of marketing related question, but uh, what's the best swag you've ever received? Like marketing swag. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I don't know if I'm I'm allowed to share this yet though, but it is very spicy. Secret, yeah. Exciting is coming up. Oh, I want to (laughs) know. I can tell you guys when we're done recording. Okay, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) What genre of swag is it? What's what's the Um, tease us a little? So deviating a little bit from skincare, but still keeping skincare in mind. Oh, interesting. Ah. Okay. Very intriguing. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) like it. Yeah. Uh, Humidifiers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say it's close to hydration. It's close to hydration. Yeah, hydration is important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good guess. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Well, diving back into your uh, experience. So you fell in love with The Ordinary and Desium, uh, manifested this job, and now you're on the inside. Um, Do you feel like the brand upholds the things and the values that you felt so motivated by when you were first uh, attracted to the brand after working there for now um, a a period of time? When I first joined the company, I was... I feel like I was in a completely different dimension, to be honest, because <laughs> um, I've had previous great experiences with other companies, but they always felt a little bit corporate. Um, Desium has always been just so kind. Like everyone who works here is just always putting a smile on your face. And up, I, as I mentioned, there's something in the Desium DNA that makes you just want to be a good person. And I remember joining the team and feeling so welcomed and so like just part of the team already that it kind of wanted me to do the same for anyone else that joined. It's just carrying that chain. Somehow it has that ability to like transform you, to be that person, to be that little ray of sunshine for everyone who joins the team. And I love that. Like everyone's just a really like just welcoming, patient, kind, collaborative, just incredible person. And I've been here for close to three years now. So of course there are moments of like ups and downs as with any workplace. Um, But I always just find myself being so thankful that I'm here because I know that it's so much better than some other things out there. And I just know that the people care. And it comes not just from like a personal relationship within coworkers, but also from like the company in the way how they treat us. So I I just know that everyone cares about each other and it really is a place run by good people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a tough energy to cultivate because it feels like it Mm -hmm. has to be such a decision by leadership and by the organization itself to try to create a culture that emanates with those, uh, you know, to try to keep employees happy and to keep productive and to, you know, cause you're balancing so many different goals as a company. So it's cool to hear that from a creative. On that note, what are some of the, some of your favorite projects that you've gotten to be a part of? We recently launched, um, the soothing barrier serum, which is our first pink serum. Um, and if you, yeah, if you've seen, um, the ordinary, it's a very clinical, mm-hmm. um, white like uh like brand like we our our first color is always white like our bottles are white our labels are white everything mm-hmm. is white so as as creatives like as photographers we're we're always photographing in high key lighting which is like mm-hmm. all, all bright um 
and soothing barrier because the serum is pink it's like a bright bubblegum barbie pink Mm -hmm. um that was so fun because it was such a big step out of our normal ordinary direction where we got to like really just make everything pink and it was it was it was launched a few months after barbie came out the barbie movie. yeah it's the year of pink right yeah Yeah, (laughs) very awesome so like all of us we just really got into it it was so fun um yeah, I really enjoyed that project. What makes it pink? I'm so curious. What's the what is the pink? Um, oh, I don't know the exact ingredient okay. that does it, but it's 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 no artificial dyes or anything. It's That's just what I, I was like. It has to be a real yeah. yeah. 2023 is the pink year, so I think <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so what are some of your favorite products from from Desiem or the Ordinary? And what yeah, what are your faves? <laughs> I have so many. Uh, I feel like I use so many products and I'm like trying to pare down to give my skin a little bit of break Um, (laughs) but my go-to's always that will never come out of my routine are from the ordinary there's the squalling cleanser it's this creamy balmy cleanser that kind of just melts off your makeup after Mm -hmm. the end of the day so it's it's my favorite thing to do like at the end of the day like last thing I do is take my makeup off and then go to bed Mm -hmm. so it, it just takes like literally melts everything off which is mm-hmm. my favorite like sensation um and then there is uh flavanon mud from neod which is like a mask that you normally like i I try to do every like once a week or twice a like a month kind of uh, situation and it exfoliates your skin i feel like it just bulldozes dead skin cells off your face nice. and it, it's, it's great I always feel so fresh after um it's one of those products that I was purchasing well before oh, cool. I started working um at Desium and the ordinary and like it's something that has been my ride or die for like the past few years um and then the last one which is fairly new is the uh, multi-peptide lash and brow serum um, I love it. I also like ended up modeling for that campaign. Like Ooh, one of the nice. photos for the campaign is me applying it for my to my eyebrow. Nice. Um, and <laughs> it's just a great product. Like I I I love having thick eyebrows. So nice. it, yeah. it helps me with that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've always been envious of people with uh prominent eyebrows because mine are, are barely <laughs> visible. <laughs> well, maybe you, try the you can try the serum. serum. Yeah, maybe I will. Send me a link because I'm yeah. into it. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Uh, boy can dream. I usually this has been lovely. Uh, it's wonderful mm-hmm. to talk to you about all this, and it's cool to talk to someone who's so passionate about uh, the creative role. And you've been in this creative role uh, a number of years now, which is very cool. So to finish our podcast, we usually ask three questions just to get to know you as a person a little bit more. And the first one is. If you weren't in your current career, uh, what do you think you would be up to at this phase of life? I think I would be a writer. Like going back to my childhood, that was one of my first callings. I do think I would be a writer. I I would read like I was growing up during the uh, time when all those like um, dystopian post-apocalyptic mm. trilogies were really up mm-hmm. and coming. Like yeah. Hunger Games, Maze Runner, Divergent, Divergent, series. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> And the movies were slowly coming out. Like, I loved that. It was great. I wanted to be one of those dystopian post-apocalyptic <laughs> authors. <Yeah. laughs> what would yours I be called? Um, I, I mean, I did have an idea. It was it was something to do with outer space and like some sort of 
secret like evil government uh, who sends kids who have superpowers uh, to like this secret planet. I don't know. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, sounds but, good. Yes, the plot line. Put it, it on the Miro board. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like <laughs> yeah. a runaway hit. It sounds like every yeah, yeah. major exactly. hit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll come out in a few years, you guys. Okay, great. Nice. If you had the ability to go back and relive one memory in your life, is there one that comes to mind? So back in 2020, I went back home and I visited family and I got to spend a lot of time with um, my family and specifically my late father. Um, I lost him in 2021. So I always think back like right before the pandemic when we were still allowed to travel. I always think back uh, if if I could ever relive those months, I would do it mm-hmm. in a heartbeat, like right away. I would do mm-hmm. it in a heartbeat. I don't think I'd be able to change anything, but it's, it's just the fact that I would have more time with him and I would love oh, that. Yeah. I'm so glad you got to have that time with him. Yeah. 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 yeah it was right before the pandemic. So mm-hmm. it was definitely the universe's way to make sure that we connected. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love that. Thank you for sharing. That's so poignant and special. Yeah, thank you. And the final question, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what do you think it would be? I think I've always had this answer for when people would say, what kind of superpower would you like? And this, this is a creepy one. I will preface <laughs> by saying that. Um I was obsessed with Twilight and mm-hmm. there's um, that one vampire within the Cullen family who is able to control people's emotions or like. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Yes. So I would not use like misuse that kind of power. Okay, good. <laughs> First of all, you I said earlier, right. comes great yes, responsibility. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I would want to just be able to know people's emotions and like Mm. influence them but also at the same time you get to do that as a human being anyways (laughs) you know what I mean yeah Um, yeah that's a very like artist's answer because I think that's what art does that's one of the separations between Mm -hmm. art and commerce I think is art is trying to evoke an emotion or trying to Mm -hmm. manipulate an emotion so it's such to me that's such an artist's answer like I wish I could control emotions yeah (laughs) like not even just like control like I I I feel like that's that's a little bit too of a harsh word I just want to influence a bit more I want people Mm -hmm. to like just see more beauty in the world you know see more beauty in Mm -hmm. art like just be happier people which sometimes it's really hard to do in the world that we live in so I don't know I would just spread positivity like it's confetti so yeah that's lovely (laughs) yeah what a wonderful image to end on um ayushi thank you so much for joining us this has been such a delight oh thank you so much this this has been lovely thank you for having me you're listening to a brand folder podcast where we like to say strong brands live here join us as we build the brand collective a podcast for anyone curious about the people behind the brands that we all love we're available on spotify and apple podcasts subscribe and if you feel inspired leave us a review we'd love to hear what you think about the show until next time this has been the brand collective